Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to the Post Game Show. My name is Grant Cohn. I am a respected professional journalist covering the 49ers. It's my 12th season covering the 49ers, and every year I add something to my repertoire that makes it just a little bit more professional. As you can see today, it's um, my jacket and my shirt. Cone Zone. If you'd like to buy some, 49ersqcmerch.com. I'm a pretty conservative journalist, and today I'm gonna. I'm, I just want to take you through the game, uh, and then we're gonna talk big picture about some stuff. But first, I mean, this was kind of a backup quarterback competition today. Nate Sudfeld versus Brock Purdy, and you know, uh, Tim Ryan was very excited about this. I like Tim Ryan; he's a good guy, and I also think he's a good analyst. He has so much to say after every play, and I appreciate that. That being said, he was way too positive about Nate Sudfeld today, and it made me – I feel like Tim – I mean, it's his job to be positive about the team. So I, I, I'm going to let him slide with that. I liked him. I'm not criticizing him at all. But he kept, he kept talking about Nate Sudfeld like he was Drew Brees. Nate Sudfeld, he competed, completed 13 of 14 – 13 of 17 passes. Let me try to be correct here. But, I mean, like, the guy – if he has a running back open in the flat, he will take that in one second. He doesn't really let plays develop. He doesn't really try to throw the ball down the field. I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. He's a preseason pro bowler. But I don't think you're going to win games with him just relentlessly checking the ball down. And I don't think he can avoid pressure against a real first-string pass rush. So um, good numbers. But I like, I like Purdy better. Even though his numbers weren't as good, he had more drops. And I feel like what you see from him is even though he's kind of small and you don't look at him as being athletic – he actually has a ad lib playground off schedule skill set that you need in the NFL that you want. Um, Sudfeld doesn't have it. So I like Purdy. Um, that being said, I feel like we're kind of splitting hairs between third string quarterbacks. Like if Brock Purdy or Nate Sudfeld had to start a game this season, would you feel conf like confident about that? I wouldn't. So I think what we saw in this game is uh, why the Niners are probably going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo one more year because neither one of these guys is really someone they can feel super confident in if Lance misses a game or two, which he might because quarterbacks always miss games on this team. Jacob says, Grant, love the cone. What are you talking about? Love the conehead. I don't know what you're talking about. Sermon needs to be cut, traded. Mason, easily RB2. He might be RB1. I like Elijah Mitchell, but he gets hurt all the time, frequently. And so far, Jordan Mason looks indestructible, but it's early. But I don't know what you're talking about with the first part of your sentence. Went over my head. Uh, moving on, let's talk about the running backs. Yeah. I think it's interesting. The Niners are really trying to make Trey Sermon work. They traded up for him. He was a third-round pick last year. He's horrible. I'm sorry. This is the pros. And he's not a horrible like football player. He made it to the NFL. That's great. But compared to all the other players – He's the least good running back. Let's put it that way. That's the most respectful thing. He's the least good running back on the 49ers. That's fair. I'm not saying he's horrible. Horrible, as my dad would say. He's the least good running back on the team. He's slow. He tries to bounce runs to the outside, has no juice. He has no juice. You know how Tupac had the juice in that one movie? And then Omar Epps had it? Was it Omar Epps? It was Mike Epps. Sermon's never going to have the juice. Ever. And he doesn't run that hard either. And he drops passes. Other than that, great running back. 
So I, he'll probably make the team, but I don't know why. Or I, if he does make the team, he'll be inactive. They should trade him. Then you got Ty Davis Price, who is kind of the opposite of Trey Sermon. He's not really hesitant. He's, he, he's definitely decisive and he runs hard, but he misses like holes. He's supposed to be the, the short yardage back. He had a fourth of one. He ran sideways. There was a hole in front. Like, dude, run straight. He did have two really nice runs, but I don't know. I mean, most of the time he looks like he has no vision or no agility, uh, but he does run hard. And if the Niners can sort of like create space for him, he can embarrass people. Like we we saw him really hurt a couple of people with his physicality. He also got stuck in the chest. Anyway, I like him, but against backups, he was averaging 4.1 yards per carry. He's okay. But then you got Jordan Mason who comes in and just makes it look super freaking easy. If he needs to bounce to the outside, he has the explosion to do so. But most of the time, He's like getting downhill immediately. I like Jordan Mason. I'm a big Jordan Mason fan. I think that he might end up starting games for this team. He seems like the kind of guy who could carry 20, 25 times in a game. Don't sleep on Jordan Mason. Who cares where you get drafted on this team? Who cares how young you are? Elijah Mitchell was a six-rounder last year, and he was a bell cow. It could be Jordan Mason this year. I don't know. I'd like to see him get a little run earlier in games. Why Why is Trey Sermon? What has Trey Sermon shown from a skill set perspective that you like over Jordan Mason? Jordan Mason seems bigger, stronger, tougher, more powerful, more shorthanded, better. Dustin the Gale says if they cut Jimmy before September 11th, could his cap space roll over to 2023? Yes. Or could we use that space for a midseason trade? Yes. Responding to your video about him being a backup? Yes. Of course the Niners could do those things. But, but, there's no guarantee there's a trade out there. And frankly, if the Niners get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think they have a backup quarterback. So, yes, the Niners should have got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo four months ago. Yes, of course they should have, but they didn't. They should have had Tyrod Taylor as their backup, but they don't. What are they going to do? This is why I bet my dad a very nice bottle of wine that Jimmy's going to be on this team this year. Because Jed just said it. So we'll see, Dustin. We'll, we shall see. Keneal says, I don't know if it's true, but I'm calling Jordan Mason my cousin until it's proven untrue. Yeah, that's right, Keneal. There's got to be some type of, because you guys are both animals. Vicious. Nee says, will we get more for Purdy in a few years than Jim? No, no. But he looks like he could be a nice little backup for the team. C. Turley says, what was your biggest takeaway from this game? Love your show. Respect my guy. Um, my biggest drop takeaway from this game. Well, not a, I'm still not a fan of the offensive line. Like Aaron Banks, not a big fan of him. Jason Poe. How about that real quick? Jason Poe is better than Aaron Banks. Can we say that? I feel pretty confident in saying that Jason Poe is a better player right now than Aaron Banks. And it's only a matter of time before Jason Poe takes that left guard job. I think Jason Poe and Spencer Burford are two of the best things that happen to this team. But Aaron Banks and Trey Sermon are can continue to get opportunities because they were drafted early last. That that draft last year is looking not so great. Aaron Banks, Trey Sermon, Ambry Thomas, yuck. At least they got, you know, 
Trey Lance. <laughs> I got more takeaways, though. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. See, Charlie says, do you and Pat McAfee got real beef? I mean, I don't know. I've never met him. I just found out today that he's a punter. I thought he was a kicker. I thought he was a kicker. He's a punter. I'm making an idiot out of myself. None of you guys corrected me. Did you know that he was a punter? I had no idea. I thought he was a kicker. Anyway, that shocked me. Moving on. Another big takeaway from this game, the drops. Every day in camp, I've been saying, you know, Trey Lance completed X of X, but there were two or three drops, right? And people are starting to go like, that's a lot of drops. Why are there drops every day? Is it Lance's fault? Well, Lance didn't play today, and there were four drops, and they were egregious. They were disgusting. <laughs> they were disgusting, but they were egregious. I mean, again, Jawan Jennings dropped a boss. All he ever does this offseason. For the shorthanded possession guy, he can't catch the ball. That's a, that's a problem. And then Trey Sermon dropped a pass. Tanner Hudson dropped a pass. Tanner Hudson had a good game, but he dropped a pass. And Danny Gray dropped a pass. Danny Gray's, I thought, was the worst because it looked like he kind of let up while crossing the middle when there were a couple of DBs around him. Anyway, I'm not blaming any player in uh, specifically, in particular. That's not what I'm doing right now. What I'm pointing out, what I'm trying to say is that this is a big picture problem with the 49ers. And it's not one player. It's all of them. If the starters, Debo drops passes. I drop passes. Kittle doesn't, to Kittle's credit. He misses games, but he doesn't drop passes. Everyone else on the team seems to drop passes. Kyle, figure it out, man. Bring in some better position coaches or something because these drops are not good. And it, they keep happening. And they're going to continue to happen. So that's a big takeaway from this game is the drops. It's a, it's not a one-off. It's been every day this offseason. It's been always someone else. The drops. They got to be fixed. Kyle, what's the plan to fix the drops? Do you need to get your players' eyes checked? Is it a tracking issue? Do they need better gloves on their hands? Do you need better coaches? I don't know. What is it? Figure it out. The drops are a problem. Michael Hornback the second, son of Michael Hornback the first, says, of course, Jed is going to say he'll keep Jimmy. If he were to say he was going to release him, there would be no chance of a trade. Who's trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, Michael Hornback the second? Who's listening to Jed York say that and being like, damn, we got, now we got to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo because he's got, there's nothing the Niners could say that's going to make, that's going to drum up trade interest for Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no magic words here. That's the way I see it. This is just preparing the fan base, AKA you, Michael Hornback the second, for Jimmy being on this team. Just for you wearing a cone head. I don't know what you're talking about, Nathan, but thank you so much. I have no idea what you're referring to. Joshua says depth is a problem. Is there a position where the most injury-prone team of this decade could survive an injury? Third-round running backs were a waste. Yeah, back-to-back -back third round picks. Back on, I mean, not back-to-back, -back, but two years in a row, third-round picks on a running back. You have an issue on the offensive line. It's not easy to find offensive linemen. It's extremely easy to find running backs. The Niners do it every year. Look at Jordan Mason. Can't, really tough to justify those ones, Joshua White. I'm with you on that. Those are really strange picks. Uh, okay, moving on. This is interesting. This was pointed out to me by someone in my DMs, but it's a small detail, but I like small details. 
You want to talk about the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Trey Lance is unproven, but he's getting a lot of good reviews and he's showing a lot of interesting things and he's he can run and he can throw down field and he can create big plays, but the main that's not why the Niners brought him in. That's not why he's replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. From what we've learned, the main reason Trey Lance is here is because he's more passionate about football than Jimmy. He's more interested in learning about football than Jimmy. He likes homework and studying more than Jimmy. And what's the evidence of that? Well, Trey Lance is wearing wrist. <laughs> Trey Lance doesn't wear a wristband. That's a tongue twister. Trey Lance doesn't wear a wristband. Jimmy Garoppolo always did. Remember, Kyle Shanahan never liked letting his quarterbacks wear wristbands. He likes the whole long verbiage of the play. I mean, his plays are paragraphs, and he wants it that way because he likes the details of it. He doesn't want to shorten anything because he feels it takes away from the effectiveness of his offense. But he did shorten things for Jimmy Garoppolo. He had the whole wristband, and he had the number-coded system so Jimmy could have a cheat sheet like he didn't do his homework. Trey doesn't have a wristband. Trey knows the offense. You're two. 22 years old knows the offense. Jimmy Garoppolo, you're six. 30 years old, can't be bothered to learn it beyond the Cliff Notes level. Still wearing the wristband. I think that's an interesting distinction. It's not, I mean, yeah, the arm strength, the athleticism, that's all great. You love that. That's a nice bonus from Jimmy Garoppolo. But baseline, just the passion to learn. It's really hard to be a great quarterback if you don't have that passion to learn. And it seems like Jimmy doesn't, unless he's getting a bad rap. But why are you wearing that wristband, Jimmy? You've been on the team since 2017, and you still need a cheat sheet? Trey doesn't. Nate Sudfeld doesn't. Brock Purdy doesn't. Nate, uh, Nick Mullins didn't, but you do. Anyway, I'm not here to – it's not about trashing Jimmy because he might be a very valuable backup for this team this year. It's just something to point out about Trey. It's why they like him. Because he's earnest in that way. You think Steve Young would need a, a wristband? You think Alex Smith would need a wristband? No. David Baker says, my wife says the O-line did better second half. Mason needs to stay. Yeah, Mason was making everyone look good. Your, your wife had a very astute observation there. I agree. Hi, Mr. Conehead. I resent that. Why would you say that? Because my name is Cone? What's that about? Mikey Niner says, maybe Jed has his calendar stuck on April the 1st. It's possible. It's possible. Here's the thing with Jed. He comes out this week and says, you know, it's possible that uh, the Niners will keep Jimmy Garoppolo. And they have Why is he talking? Why are you going on Tim Kawakami's podcast? Jed so wants to be a guy that is a champion. And he wants to be Joe Lacob so bad. He, you haven't won anything ever. Your tenure with the 49ers has not been overwhelmingly positive. Don't talk. Accomplish something, then talk. Anything you say will come off bad. Even if you're saying the right thing. So just stop. Did you catch Poe's pancake? Yes. And Tim Ryan did a very good job of pointing it out. That was his best moment of the game. Tim Ryan's good at his job. He is. So I just got back from Minneapolis yesterday. I covered Trey Lance, but I don't quite understand his history. I'm not from the Midwest. I don't know the Midwest that well, but I've been starting to learn it because of all these road trips out there the last year. 
And so I was just out in Minnesota for the last few, three nights. Went to these joint practices. I, I met a lot of local Minnesota riders. And what I learned about Trey Lance is, you guys may already know this, but he's from a very small rural town, two and a half miles west of Minneapolis. It's He's base, He's almost from South Dakota. He's from the sticks, like farm country. You know, they, people talk about Colin Kaepernick being from a small town. That's why he got overlooked as a prospect from, from teams. Dude, Turlock is like five or six times bigger than where Trey Lance is from. Came from a town that was like 13,000 people. But nonetheless, he was pretty much regarded as the number one quarterback in high school in Minnesota. He was good in high school. He just was in a really small place, probably playing other small schools, high schools. But he killed it in high school. Number one quarterback in Minnesota. And if none of these, no Division I school wanted him as a quarterback, including his hometown place, Minnesota, that he wanted to go to. Not even a good program. Didn't want him. In retrospect, Trey Lance would have been the best quarterback in the history of that program. But he didn't go there. He went to North Dakota State, won a national title, never lost a game, got drafted high, came back, got drafted. So this all happened very fast. All I know with Trey Lance is the dude who got drafted high and has a lot of expectations. From the perspective of the locals out in Minnesota, they are in awe of him. And I was trying to see him from their perspective, but they covered him when he was in high school. And they saw him the way the NCAA saw him, not quite good enough. Not probably not going to make it. Not a quarterback. None of these guys were watching him thinking, my God, that's going to be the number. Th that's going to be the, the Niners quarterback, the number three pick in the draft. So it was a very triumphant return for a young man who just a few years was out there getting doubted. And these, these, these locals were looking at him like, whoa, oh my God. You were the kid that we were kind of counting out and now you're coming in to like, whoop the Vikings ass. Wow. I mean, they were just totally in awe of him. So it, it kind of puts into perspective what he's been up against. He's proven himself like this before. He got counted out and uh, he's one of the bigger su success stories of like a high school kid I've ever heard of. He kind of has that like King Arthur aura. No one thought he'd be the one that would pull the, the sword out of the stone, but he did. So um, all the pressure he's under, all the scrutiny he's under, he's done this before. He's a very experienced, that's why he's so mature, right? People talk about his demeanor. He's been through the, the ringer already. It's very remarkable for a young man because I don't know that I have or anyone, if you have, Trey has much more desire than Jim. Yeah, Trey's already, that's it. thank you. Trey's already demonstrated it. He already persevered. You should have seen the way these locals were looking at Trey like, holy shit, who is this guy? Like, you were in our backyard and none of us saw this. And now look at you. Like, they wanted to reach out and touch him. They almost were begging Kyle Shanahan to play him in the game. They're like, look, I know you said you're not going to play him, but we really want to see him play. And he's from out here. Could you please? And he's like, no. <laughs> um. I thought that was kind of interesting. It kind of just puts his whole uh, story in perspective. Last thing, being out in Minneapolis, I was right next to the stadium. It's phenomenal. 
It's architecture. It's architecturally interesting. It adds to the downtown. It is downtown. It enhances the city, which is hard to say about a football stadium. Not many football stadiums that enhance a city. This one in Minneapolis enhances that downtown. The one in Seattle, if you've been there, enhances that downtown. The Niners got a new stadium eight years ago. They put it in Santa Clara, which was curious to begin with. They took the old uh, candlestick design, moved it down to hot Santa Clara. Bad idea. But still, for a moment, Levi's was the nicest stadium. One of the nicest stadiums on the West Coast. One of the nicest stadiums. The nicest stadium in California. They got a, they got a Super Bowl. Now, less than nine years into its lifespan, it is already the worst stadium, the ugliest stadium on the West Coast. Worse than the Seattle Stadium, worse than the Arizona Stadium, worse than the Los Angeles Stadium, worse than Las Vegas Stadium. That happened fast, right? I mean, those are palaces. I think they're kind of over the top and grotesque, but SoFi and the one in Vegas are palaces. The one in, in, in Seattle is just gorgeous. And it helps the home team with the reverberation of the of the noise. And, and the one down in Atlanta, I mean, Arizona, Atlanta, at least has, uh, at least it blocks the sun. You won't get a heat stroke there. And it has uh, real, gra real grass. Meanwhile, the Niners stadium looks incomplete, uninspired, generic, cheap. And it cost them a billion dollars. Jed, it's time to move the team back to San Francisco. You've been in Santa Clara for eight years. It's been a phenomenal run. Shut it down. Move back to San Francisco. And no one wants to hear how expensive it was. You're the fifth most lucrative franchise in the NFL. Spend a little money. You guys make more money than the Vikings. I showed your fans what the Vikings practice facility looks like. It's amazing. Yours is Awful compared to that. Come on. What are you doing, bud? Levi Stadium is an embarrassment. You have all these road games in August and September because you're afraid of people getting too hot. You've not, and when you do have a home game, it's a night game. Got to move back to San Francisco, man. That was one of the worst decisions of your career. But you can always make it right. And if you do... Credit quality control, please, because I don't do this for free. Mason is what they thought Sermon would be. Agree. How do they get these guys? If if I buy merch, can you buy me a trade jersey? Fair? No. <laughs> That's expensive. I'll give you an autograph. They'll all sign your jersey. <laughs> oh, man. Someone, a couple of like kids came up to me in camp and wanted me to sign their jersey. I was like, you really want me to ruin this jersey? Okay, fine. Are the wide receivers full in with Trey or missing number 10? I don't know. Um, you think Brandon Ayuk's missing number 10? I don't think so. We'll see, I guess. We'll see what happens when they start playing real games. Guys, it's 844. I know it's been a quick one, but it's a Saturday night, okay? So why don't you guys go do something fun? I'm going to take my wife out. I'll be back in the morning with a cone phone. So you, got, you guys have a take. You want to say something? Bring it on tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Cone phone. You guys ready? See you then. Peace.